Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. I'm Christy, co-founding sister of Book Club Sisterhood. Welcome to another month of Book Club. Yay. Um, we're reading Faith, Farming, and Family, and I always forget which order these are in, so I had to see it backwards in the camera to remember which order these are in. Um, this is by Caitlin Henderson. Um, really, really good book. The tagline of this book is Cultivating Hope and Harvesting Joy Wherever You Are. Um, she, we were just talking before we hit record that she's just a really good storyteller. Um, and I also said that if you're not following her on Instagram, you definitely should be because she is, she's, she has a lot of good insight and she's just funny. Um, she truly does. When she says that she struggles with things on the farm, she truly, truly does. Like you can watch her on video struggle to figure out how to run a farm with her husband. So she's being very authentic. So if you follow her on Instagram, you can see her failing at things as she goes, but she learns from those things. So, which I think we all should, we probably all do. Um, so we're going to talk about the first four chapters of faith, farming and family. <laughs> Still had to look at the cover of the book. Um, it's all F words, not the bad F word, but they're all F words. And it's hard to remember what order they go in. Anyways, that used to be her name on Instagram, but now it's just Caitlin Henderson. So, all right. So we're going to talk about the first four chapters tonight. And chapter one is called Shark Week Has Nothing on Cows. So, you know, most people know what Shark Week is. Is it the Discovery Channel or TLC? I don't remember what channel it's on, but it's on one of those channels. Um, they have Shark Week every year and they talk about all the people that sharks kill and they give you facts about sharks. And anyway, it's mostly about fear. So this, char this chapter's um, subtitle is Learning to Face Your Fears. Um, she talks about a time that she was very afraid of the cows. Her husband got the flu and she was like, don't worry, babe, I'll go feed the cows. So, you know, she's watched him do it a bunch of times, but doing it herself, you know, it's a little different. Um, I don't know if you've ever stood next to a cow, but they're quite large and can definitely push you over and trample you very easily. Yeah. Um, luckily in her case, I think the cows were more interested in the hay than, you know, hurting her, but you know, still when you have that many cows coming at you, because the whole herd saw her coming. And of course she has hay on the truck. So they're hungry. Um, and pardon me, if you're in farming, hay, straw, I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly what she was feeding them, but she was feeding them and they were hungry. Moral of the story. Um, so, you know, a little bit daunting seeing all of these cows come at you. Um, on page eight, she says, it's the little lies we believe and the fears we have that Satan uses to distract uh, to distract and direct us. Um, so she's talking about, you know, like her fear of the cows made her jump up onto the top of the truck and climb down into the bed of the truck to release the food for them. And then she realized that she forgot the remote. So she had to climb back on top of the truck and back. Well, she didn't have to, but <laughs> that's what she chose to do because her fear made her do it. Um, so the lie she was telling herself is that she was going to get trampled by these, these cows. And, you know, she's saying that these fears we have Satan uses to distract and direct us, you know, it only takes a small little lie like that whispered into our ear. And then, you know, it can kind of start growing and becoming something bigger. And then 
it's it's so bad in your life that it actually stops you from being able to do things and that's that's where you know satan just grabs hold and keeps digging that that hole a little deeper be like nope you're never getting out of this so that's where we have to be careful um and fear isn't something you're just going to get over really quickly right i mean it takes time um i mean a spider being afraid of a spider probably isn't going to like alter your life it could some people are like deathly afraid of spiders and will literally go out of their way to not be around any um like i'm sitting in our basement right now and i'm sure there's spiders it's a basement whatever but you know i'm not deathly afraid of spiders so i don't really care but um i try to teach my boys like they're a lot more scared of you than you are of them i promise you they're gonna run before <laughs> you get anywhere near them um so she references joshua um one nine at the bottom of page eight it says be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go the part that stuck out to me when i first read that was wherever you go which means he's with you always he doesn't like pick and choose when he's going to be with you um so just keep taking steps towards faith and away from the fear so faith over fear is something we hear all the time, right? Everybody has a sticker or a t-shirt or you just, you can see that anywhere, but it's true. If you have faith that he's going to be with you, that can conquer any fear you have. On page 10, she references John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um... Below that, she says, we need to remember that when we have faith, we also, we will, just try again. We need to remember that when we have faith, we will also have the peace that comes from God. Um, Johnny facing open heart surgery uh, is over a year ago now. Um, you know, that could have driven us into a deep fear because there's a lot of dangerous things happening when someone has to have open heart surgery, but God prepared my heart for that. And I believe that he was preparing Johnny's heart, literally figuratively, however you want to take that, um, for this road we were about to travel on. But, you know, as he said in John 14, 27, you know, peace I leave with you. He washed us in peace. We were covered by his peace and I can't explain it. Um, there's not a whole lot of words to describe because it doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it just, it was a calm. One of the pastors even came to visit us while Johnny was in surgery. As Johnny's my husband, if you don't know. Um, and the pastor was like, are you okay? He looked at me. He was like, are you all right? Like, you're just really calm. And I was like, I know weird, right? Like, I don't understand it, but yep. I'm sitting here just as calm as a cucumber. Um, so Caitlin, um, she also talks about a conference that she held and, you know, she, sorry, I just switched topics really fast. Um, so just remember that God has a peace that goes beyond understanding um, and that he's going to be with you always. All right. Now moving on to another topic. <laughs> I just read my next note and I was like, oh, let's just go. But 
no transition there. So here we go. Um, Caitlin talks about a conference that she held and she felt God very clearly telling her to hold that she needed to host another one. Um, she talks about, you know, she was definitely afraid that she wasn't equipped to hold either of these conferences. Um, on page 12 at the top, she says, yet despite his clear call, still, I doubted my worth, which I know I've been there. I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but I have a hundred percent, like, I'm not qualified for that God. Like I'm not ready. Um, but it's true. You know, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, um, because there's lots of things in my life that I've done and I'm like, okay, let's go. I don't know how to do this, but here we go. Um, because I know God's with me and I'm not afraid to do things with him by my side. Um, you know, God reminds us that we can do all things through Christ. That means he's with you. You know, we can't do anything on our own, but he's with you. He's right beside you, guiding you along. You know, we're not alone with Christ by our side. We can do anything he's called us to because he's called us. Therefore, he's there with us. On page 14, she says, giving into fear causes us to miss opportunities to take part in God's redemption here on earth. So if we give into the enemy's plot, we turn our back on God and we don't accomplish the mission he has for us. Um, we don't get to take part in God's redemption here on earth. And that's so unfortunate because I've been there as well. Like, whoa, you know, many years ago, I may have been called to do something. And I was like, yeah, not ready for that. Um, but that's just the enemy getting in my ear and doing that, you know, whispering just a little bit and then letting it fester and grow, you know, it just, it just takes a little lie and that can grow into paralyzing you and stopping you from doing what God's called you to do. You know, I want to further his kingdom and I can't do that if I'm hiding in a corner scared. If I'm completely paralyzed and immobile because I'm afraid of something that's not good for anybody. It's not good for me. It's not good for those that I'm trying to help, right? It's not good for God because that's not giving him glory. Um, on page 15, she says, it is always worth it to choose faith over fear. So faith means believing without seeing. But here's the beauty. We aren't completely blind to his power, Maybe right at the beginning, when you're a brand new Christian, you're like, I have no idea how powerful this God is, but he's pretty amazing. And I'm all on fire for him and let's go. But I, you don't really fully see, but I can look back on my life and see where God has moved. And I'm like, wow, I am in awe of the things he has done in my life because I recognize that he was there with me. So I don't think we're completely blind to his power. If you've ever seen him move in your life and you know, he's been there for you before we know that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and always. So won't he be there for you this time too? Doesn't that, I mean, that makes sense, right? That fits in our little human box of understanding, right? He's been there for you before he doesn't change equals he's going to be there for you again. It's so worth it to be faithful and obedient to him because he's just going to pour out blessings. We're going to be 
in chapter four, she talks about the refining fire, but it's, it's just, yeah, I'm going to wait until we get there because it's good. Um, but we know what blessings await us on the other side of obedience, right? We've talked about that when you're obedient, God pours out blessings on you more than you can even imagine. That's, you know, we talked about giving in church. I don't remember if it was last week or this week, pastor was like, I don't like to talk about giving, but God told me to talk about giving. So here we go. You know, it's one of those kind of like, I don't like to talk about money, but it has to be talked about. Um, that's why God wants you to be faithful with little, because if you're faithful with little, he will trust you with much. And we just have to be faithful and remember that he's helped you before. He hasn't changed. He's going to be there for you again, no matter what. Full stop, right? All right. I haven't read a telegram in quite some time, but you know, they used to say full stop. Anyway, chapter two, um, loosening the reins, learning to give up control. So anyone that knows me knows that this speaks directly to my heart. Like I literally felt like during this chapter, Caitlin and I should be best friends. We are the same person. <laughs> I was like, wow, yes, yes. Yep. That too. Like this whole chapter was just, she was speaking directly to me. So, um, she can be speaking directly to you as well, but I was very, you know, in line with her on this. So she opens the chapter talking about a time when her husband came home two hours late and missed the special dinner that she prepared. So she prepared his favorite meal and then he didn't come home for two hours yeah. after the time he was supposed to come. Um, and she was even like, I don't even care what story he has. I don't care what happened. I don't care. Um, he missed my dinner. He messed up all of my plans. Um, she got super upset and it was mostly because her plans were ruined you know, and she had a plan and felt like she was in control of that plan. And then everything fell apart. So many times <laughs> God has worked on my heart a lot to get over this still working on it. Um, she also calls herself a recovering perfectionist. I think it's in chapter three, but I was like, yes, we're like the same person. Um, so I definitely feel a kinship to her. Um, you know, she says on page 25, like when we, when we try to be in control of everything, you know, how she says, how can we be the hands of Christ free to do God's work when our hands are too full of burdens that aren't ours to handle and aren't within our realms of influence? You all know that I've been guilty of this. <laughs> I'm sure we all have at some point, right? You're just trying to carry it all on your own because who can do it better than you, right? You've got this all handled. Um, God can definitely do it better than you. That's something that I've learned for myself. So I'll just pass that on to you guys. God can do it better. hundred thousand times better. Um, on page 26 through 28, she talks about when she gave everything over to God. So she had that like breaking moment where she was like, you know what? I can't hold all this weight anymore. I a hundred percent give it to you. And I, had a moment like that. I'm sure I've had more than one, but one that stands out. I was sitting in a chair, pouring all the tears, giving everything over to God. Um, because I just couldn't hold it any longer. It was way too heavy on my shoulders. And, you know, I used to give it to him and pick it back up. But it was like five minutes later. Oh, you didn't take care of it. Okay. I'll take over on that one. Um, 
but when I sat in the chair and I cried my eyes out, like she fell flat on the floor, gave it all to God. was like, I'm done. I can't take this. Um, you know, I didn't want to try to fix it anymore. Um, I came to him with an open wounded heart and empty hands and just ask for forgiveness and grace from him because I know that I was wrong for picking those things up and trying to do it on my own. Um, you know, and I also love in her story, you know, like God didn't magically fix everything. It wasn't just overnight. Like, Oh, you gave these all to me. Okay. Ding. Or like wiggle, wiggle his nose and say, okay, it's all taken care of. Um, you know, the same happened to me. Like God didn't work a huge miracle in my life, but he changed my heart. He changed how I saw how things were happening. And that's what he did for her. On page 29, she says, on the other side of surrender is freedom and the ability to focus on God's commands instead of spending our energy focusing, excuse me, on the things that we have no control over anyway. Our pastor used a really good example a few weeks ago at church. I want you guys to do this with me. Hold your hands out, palms down in a fist. So pretend you have a bunch of stuff in your hands, okay? You got all this stuff in your hands. You, you can't do anything, right? You can't take on what God has for you because your hands are already full. So what our pastor did is that you just let go of everything. Drop it on the ground. Let God take care of it. So open your hands as wide as you can. Open your hands and like, you know, mentally in your head, just pretend like everything that you're trying to control, drop it on the ground. Be like, it's not mine anymore. Now turn your hands over. You have all this room to take on what God has for you. Those things that you dropped are not yours to carry. What you have now are empty hands and an open heart to take in everything that God has for you because he has so much. Like we talked about, if you are obedient to him and letting him control things in your life, then he's going to bless you. You have your hands open now and you can receive all of his amazing, beautiful blessings and it's just amazing. I mean, do that when you feel stressed out or struggling or upset or whatever it is. If you just feel like, oh, I'm all in knots and I just can't do this anymore. Let go. Let go of it because it's not yours to carry. It's not your burden to bear. God wants to take that on for you. He says, here is my yoke. My yoke is light. I want to share this with you. I want to take on your burden. Um. Where I'm at. So just release your anxiety and, you know, accept God's gift. He wants to give you the freedom when you surrender everything to him on page 31. She says it is when we leave the burdens there that we are able to be at peace. You know, if you struggle with control, first of all, welcome to the club. This club sucks. It's no good. I don't recommend that you stay long drop your stuff and get out of the club. <laughs> That's don't reside here. This is not a permanent stop on the train. Um, but just let God mold your heart into something totally new because he wants to, he wants to leave you light as a feather so that you can take on the work that he has for you. All right. Chapter three called stuck in the muck learning as you go. So she gets not one, but two tractors stuck in the mud. Um, she tried to use the second one to pull the first one out of the mud. 
along with her teenage soon-to-be brother-in-law. Um, so, oops. She had very little experience in the area of getting a tractor out of the mud or even driving a tractor to begin with because she was dating her husband at the time. So she didn't have a ton of experience with that. Uh, but um, she, you know, she admitted you know, that she still gets things stuck. And I was saying earlier, you know, if you follow her on Instagram, she's telling the truth because she gets trucks stuck all the time. <laughs> like her pickup truck, she routinely gets stuck in the mud and Jake has to come and pull her out. Anyway, um, she's, she's amazing. Have I mentioned that she's amazing? Anyways, follow her on Instagram, <laughs> Caitlin Henderson. Um, but we're just like her, right? We all mess up. We're human. Um, and I like that she makes the point that we aren't made, God didn't make us to be perfect. And, you know, we can't hold ourselves to that standard because none of us are perfect. We are all broken, right? On the bottom of 35 and 36, she says, of course, we should strive every day to do better than we were the day before to be better. Hold on. Of course, we should strive every day to be better than we were the day before. And we should want to continue to grow and learn. And that's the hope I have for each of us in this book club, whether you've found the book club, been here forever, just found us, or you're on the podcast listening, you know, I hope that you're ready to grow in your relationship with God, because that's what we're all about. We want to grow. We want to become better than we were yesterday. On page 41, she says, sometimes I need the reminder that God says to keep persevering and that my lack of perfection should not be able to steal my joy. You know, we all lack something. God made us human, imperfect creatures, you know, but God promises us joy. Um, I like, I, I looked up the fruit of the spirit again, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And it says, but the Holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit produces joy in our life. Even though we aren't perfect, he still wants us to be joyful. On page 42, that's where she says she's a recovering perfectionist. I'm not alone, guys. I'm not alone. <laughs> it's a very lonely road sometimes. But um, on page 42, she says, Let's stop beating ourselves up for the things we don't get right and instead focus on what we can do to keep looking more like his image. So we're all a work in progress, right? And I think it's important to remember, like about, we talk about perspective a lot. Let's not focus on the things we did wrong, but let's focus on becoming more like him because we're never going to be perfect on this side of heaven at least. So we have to focus on the main goal that he gave us is to look more like him and to act more like him and to have agape love like we learned about last month. Um, all right. So chapter four is called the refiner's fire, learning to be strengthened in hard times. Sorry, I needed a drink break. All right. In this chapter, she talks about her and her husband uh, losing the farm. They're told like, you're going to have to give up your farm. I'm sorry. It's been in her husband's family for five generations. And she is so broken about this. Um, she cried a lot, but she had to focus herself 
um, and she read a lot, spoke this over her life. She read Romans 5, 2 through 5. We boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Um, this, you know, we have to go through these sufferings because we're in a broken world. Things aren't perfect. Therefore, we're not perfect. It made me think of, you know, the, the act of refining silver. When silver is refined, the parts that are not pure rise to the surface and they kind of skim those impurities off. If it weren't for the fire, the silver would never be pure. So yeah, fire is uncomfortable. Hard times are uncomfortable. Um, but we're never going to get closer to perfect and being pure if we don't go through the hard times. On page 49, she says, I tried to turn my focus from the heat of the flames to the one who would see me through them. I love that. And again, perspective. If we only look at the problem, we're going to just continue to be overwhelmed. Yeah. That reminded me of in the book, Enter Wild by Carlos Whitaker. He talked about praying the promise, not the problem. So it totally makes a difference. If you pray for what you know God promised you, you know God promised to be with you. I did this this morning. I prayed really hard, had a long day, um, and I knew it was going to be a long and tough. And I'll talk to you guys about it someday, but I'm still processing it. So I prayed early this morning and I was like, God, I just, I know that you're going to be with me. I know that you are going to be in this situation. I know that you are amazing. And I just, I really tried to pray the promise. God promised me that he would be with me. I just asked for him. You know, I want his will, not my will. You know, I, I wanted certain things to happen, but that doesn't mean they're going to happen. Right. I don't have control over that chapter two. Um, but I just, I, I really did. I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but now I'm thinking about it. And I really was like, I was just trying to pray God's promise over me that he's going to be with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. And I just leaned on that today. Uh, on page 51, she says, though the fire still rages, we know we don't walk through it alone. So that's God's promise to us. Like we were just saying. When we accept him, he never leaves us or forsakes us. That's Hebrews 13, five, our verse of the year last year <laughs> continues into this year. Cause it's just a good one. Um, and then on 52, she says the world we live in is unfair and full of hurt. And no matter how hard we try or what defense mechanisms we use, trials will come, which is what we've said this whole discussion, this world is broken life's just not going to be easy on this side of heaven. We know that, you know, trials are going to come. They always do. Right. <laughs> on page 53 in the middle, she says, but if we allow the fire to refine, redeem and restore us, then will we, then we will come out looking more like his image, which again, God wants us to seek him. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So seek first the kingdom and God's going to add onto you. He wants to add all these blessings onto you. 
And like we said earlier, when you're obedient, he pours out massive blessings. I don't, I don't, I know that I've seen it in my life. I'm sure you guys have seen it in your life. And I would love to hear more about that. If you guys are ever open to sharing, I would love to hear more about if there's trials that you can think of that you've gone through or how God's refined you through this life, because I know I've shared several stories. I am a recovering perfectionist, like I said, and it's, it's all, you know, trials are going to come. We're not perfect. Uh, I still fall and make mistakes and mess things up. And I just ask for forgiveness. That's the beauty of it. You know, he wants the best for us and we will have the best when we get to heaven. We just have to get through this life first and do what he's asked of us. And then we get to go to heaven. So, all right, that's chapters one through four. Next week, we are going to talk about chapters five through eight. Um, chapter five should be interesting. Um, it's called getting down on the farm. If you, uh, she actually was talking about that in her stories today. Um, all the people in her local town there, which is not very big are all reading her book. And she's like, Oh no, they're going to read chapter five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, it's a little bit personal, I guess. Uh, let's just say, yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. So. All right. Are there any prayer requests? Yeah, my friend Terry, her father-in-law, they have not in hospice this week. They don't think he's going to make it. Okay. Say Terry. Terry with the T. Terry with the T. Okay. That's her dad. Her father-in-law. Okay. specific request i know we're you know the uh folks of the ukraine are all on our um, minds um we have a missionary over there from our church uh in poland her name is jody j-o-d-y hessler and she works with an organization over there she actually um kind of counsels the actual ministers that go uh the missionaries that actually go out into the field but um she's been in the ukraine she's been in poland she's been in several places over there um so i know we're besides collecting money you know we can always do prayers but currently she's going over to the border and uh with her organization some of the folks have actually come back into her home i think she has like six children in her home right now um and then her organization is setting up um refugee camps in poland to wow. take on some of the Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of prayers for them. Yeah, for sure. And obviously lots of prayers for those in Russia who have no clue what's happening. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and then I guess uh, this will happen before our next meeting. Um, just good thoughts for um, the guardian ad litem or is meeting with the, the two kids uh, on Monday. Okay. What are the kids' names? Uh, Brooklyn and Helena. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? All right. That's great. Taylor, thank you so much 
that we were able to gather together tonight. God, thank you for this book. Thank you for Caitlin being so open and honest with her life. God, I just um, pray blessings over her. Lord, we ask that you um, keep Terry and the family um, wrapped in your peace. God, help her father-in-law as he likely is going through the dying process. Lord, I just pray that they can come together and be supportive of each other um, as they go down this road. Lord, we pray for protection um, and blessings over Jody Hustler. God, we just pray that you can keep her safe and keep her doing the good hard work that she's doing. God, we just thank you for placing her there and allowing her and the whole organization to be supportive and helpful to the Ukrainians. God, it's so good to know that there's good people over there trying their best to support and love on the Ukrainians. Lord, we pray over Russia. We know there's so many people that have no idea what's going on and don't understand fully um, the situation. God, we just, we ask for protection over them as well. God, just help them to see clearly what's going on so that we can, you know, this war can be ended and then we can have peace again, God. We just pray over Brooklyn and Helena, um, Helena, as they meet with the guardian ad litem, God, we just pray that meeting goes well and that things work out for the children, God. We just love you so much. And again, we thank you for this time that we get to come together and meet in your name and the freedom that we have to do so. Lord, we just, we love you. And I just pray blessings over each one of the people listening to this um, or watching the video right now. God, I just ask that you reach out and touch them and help them to feel your presence and help them to know that you're with them no matter what, um, no matter what they're going through, no matter what's happening in their life, God, that you are there to support them and that you love them, God. It's all in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Being here. Bye. Love you guys. (laughs) See you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.